I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Race for the Ring, Episode 57, How to Apply Mindfulness into Your Dating Life with Dr. Caitlin Harkis. You're listening to The Race for the Ring. I am your host, Mindy Barnett. I'm an entrepreneur, motivational author, keynote speaker, television contributor, and a single mom. Since re-entering the dating world after my divorce, I found dating life eye-opening. In the age of Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge, there seems to be more horror stories and humor than happy endings among my friends and social circles. And I want to know why. Each week, we'll chat with a different dating queen or king, socialite or relationship expert, and explore the many facets of dating today, pitfalls to steer clear from, and how to find the finest fish in the sea. Get ready, set, go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Race for the Ring. We have a really, really interesting episode for you today. Some of you may or may not know that I have a new vested interest in positive psychology and mindfulness and basically how to take your day-to-day and try to be more calm, more present, have more clarity, not only for your own peace of mind, but for the peace of minds of those in your lives, those you love, future relationships, friends, colleagues, employers, employees, whatever it may be. I think it's extremely important. And I have found that being mindful has essentially been my salvation as I continue to navigate my new single life um, as a single mom, running a business, um, writing my second book that's due out in the fall um, as we record this. Also a keynote speaking career and um, obviously podcast host and everything else that I juggle on a day-to-day basis. So the meditation exercise, because I fully focus on what I'm doing while I'm doing that, has really been a savior to me in a lot of different ways. And I am really excited to have Caitlin Harkis, Dr. Caitlin Harkis on today, who's going to share her own clinical psychology, um, you know, I guess, tactics, if you will, uh, and how you can apply it to your your day-to-day um, life as well, and also how it can benefit you as you seek your ring and your suitor and, you know, uh, the date to, ha- to be had, if you will. So without further ado, we're going to go right in to our really interesting conversation with Dr. Caitlin. 
Hi, Dr. Caitlin. Thanks for joining us from down under. What's it like over there on the on Australia? I have a lot of guests from Australia. We have a lot of followers from Australia. I guess I should make this a road trip and head to Australia after COVID's over. How are you? <laughs> I'm well, and hopefully it will not be long until Mindy, you can come and yeah. head to Australia. That'd be That's for, a that's good for sign. Sure. But no, I'm well, it's um, it's the morning here. I was saying it's dark and it's it's the start of a new day. So it's a nice time to be sitting down and having a chat with you. Yeah. And what's on your agenda today? Like, what's, would you have client calls and things like that? What's going on in Australia this weekend? Give us a little bit of the, get a bit of the juice before we head into Truthfully, I am heavily pregnant. Like do next week. You are. <laughs> Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, no, so um, you're welcome. So, I, look like a, I look like a walking pumpkin when I was pregnant. <laughs> no, like, for I feel real. like, like people, I remember I was pregnant. I, I was pregnant twice. I have two children. And my second one, I blew up like bigger than the first, if that's even humanly possible. And I remember like going into, it's like a convenience store in South Jersey called Wawa. And it's such an awesome name, right? And so at any rate, um, I remember on multiple occasions, the little cashier people would be like, are you pregnant with twins? And I was like, no. And I was honestly, let me tell you, I wasn't eight months pregnant or nine months pregnant. I was like six, seven months pregnant. I'm like, no, are they sure? I'm like, they're sure. And for listeners. Started my day off great. Who are hearing this? This is like a what not to do. Do not do that to people. So politically correct. And like people are so mean. I'm like, oh my God, I must look like horrendous. Awesome. Um, So so wait, this is so not what this podcast is about, but I can't help myself because I love pregnant ladies. Um, When are you due? I'm due on the 31st. So yeah, like just over a week. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah, it is it's exciting. Soon. It is, it is and soon. And you know what you're having? A little girl. Oh, well, you know, she might be. She'll be female. <laughs> she may be a girl. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it your first baby? Second, yeah. So. Oh, you have you have a girl and already? Yeah, already? I do. I do. So it's your second? Yeah, oh, so she's that's delighted. Nice. Oh, and I have one more thing to say. Yeah. So how old's your first one? How old's Two. So. Oh, so they're, she's still sweet. Well, just wait till you hit 12. <laughs> That's about how old mine is. She's almost 13. And some days, I mean, I'm super close with her. She's like almost like a, I don't want to say she's like my sister. I'm obviously her mother, but like we have that kind of a relationship. But oh my gosh, when she gets to be like in a bad mood, which can happen by this wind, <laughs> I want to cry. I'm so mean. I'm like, oh my God, where did you come from? You're so mean. <laughs> so savor every second. I'm excited. Thank you. you. And we also know how it was to be 12. So I feel free. Yeah. Daughter. Sometimes I still go back and digress to that. And my, my parents tell me that I'm still acting like I'm 12, but that's fine. <laughs> totally fine. <laughs> uh, they like to treat me like I'm 12 sometimes, so it's apropos. Okay, anyway, back on to the topic yes. of <laughs> what this combo is all about. So we're going to talk a little bit about how you can implement 
mindfulness and positivity and how you can maintain it and also achieve it and carry that into your dating world and relationships and not become like a hangry dater. But before we get into those, can you tell us the end of the day for me here? I'm like wired. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> like my second win. Um, <laughs> I just got, a cl- I'm in PR also and I just got a client, like a really good hit. So oh, I'm congratulations. Like, oh, yeah. 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 Celebration. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, at any rate, let's talk about a little bit about you. So tell everybody a little bit about what you do hmm. um, on a day-to-day in Australia and, you know, a little bit about how you became that person. Yeah. So, um, so I work as a therapist here. So I'm a clinical psychologist and my PhD was actually looking at using yoga as an intervention for people experiencing psychological distress. So that's an area that's very, very close to my heart. And in line with that, you know, I run a podcast called the wisdom for wellbeing podcast and focus a lot on how we sort of bring these holistic elements into our life and our healing, um, in a way that I think, is really grounded in science because this is the other thing is there's like heaps and heaps of woo woo and um, perhaps information out there that is not all of the same quality. And if you're going to be investing time and energy into your healing, you want it to be something that is going to be effective and aligned with your, with your purpose and where, where you want to be getting your life to. So I'm really passionate about supporting people with that. So I run a private practice. It's called embodied psychology. It's based here in Adelaide, Australia. Um, And I, I do lots of work around this front, like educating, educating people, working with people. And I guess, you know, ultimately stemming from my own experience, you know, I found yoga and suddenly like found this place where I was like, well, what's going on? Like for the first time in my life, despite everything else in my life that has been tough, chaotic and caused me a great deal of angst, um, Mm -hmm. I suddenly feel like I can breathe. And then when I'd walk away from the yoga class specifically, that's where I started. I did have a mindfulness practice, uh, meditation practice that came after that. But, you know, I'd walk away and feel like I could actually um, be more of an integral person, more aligned with myself. And that really Mm -hmm. affected not just my relationship with myself, but my relationship with others. And I think that's been huge in this journey of unfolding. That's so interesting. I We were talking a little bit about this mildly before we got on, on, on camera, started recordings, if you will. And I was sharing with you, that's actually a very deep interest of mine. I'm planning to go back to, well, not go back to grad school. I've met, well, I did go to grad school before, but at any rate, I'm going to grad school for my, you can laugh. It's fine. <laughs> Feel free to crack up in my, it's perfectly fine. Uh, I laugh at myself all day long, so it's all good. Um, so I'm going to get my master's in positive psychology from the university of Pennsylvania. They have a degree specifically in that. I think that's so important today. So it's really it's compelling to me for a variety of reasons, but I think um, our listeners certainly can take, have a lot of take-homes from this conversation as well. So let's talk a little bit about first, why is it so near to your heart? Like, did you have a, a certain situation that yoga helped you overcome? Or was it that you just started practicing yoga and then you realized that 
your day-to-day conversations or if you had like stresses or what have you seem to be a little bit easier to handle because of the yoga? Probably like a little bit of both. Like I, it wasn't a deliberate thing because I know some people go to yoga and, you know, definitely like, um, you know, when I'm working with clients, like they will actively mm-hmm. go to yoga because that's going to be something that they've heard will be helpful in their healing journey. Honestly, the reason I went to yoga was that my philosophy tutor, I really liked philosophy. My first degree was philosophy, oh, not psychology. Oh, I <laughs> <laughs> you like soul sisters if you're over here. Yeah, totally. right, go ahead. No, I, I do too. I'm very interested in all. Of oh, it's so interesting, yeah, isn't yeah. it? I'm like, what's the meaning of life? Yeah. My mom's like, are you going to do something practical? <laughs> I'm be a philosopher, mom. Yeah. Um, Yes, I really respected my philosophy tutor and he happened to be a yoga instructor. So I was like, I'll try it. And this will be great because like I ran at the time and uh, I didn't like stretching. So I was like, oh, it'll be organized stretching. That'll be the way that I do it. This will be better for my knees. So it was – it was not that I was seeking some sort of deep spiritual enlightenment from the practice or that I'd heard that it would be good for emotional well-being. Gosh, this was like – Oh my, this has been like 15 years ago. Like it's not, it's not like yoga was a really big thing then. Um, no, it's popular, more popular now. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. And I was in a small town. So the first time I tried it was in this like, like small, small town in the Rocky Mountains um, in, I think it was a ballet hall or something. He'd rented out the space and, and I really liked it. And then when I moved to Victoria, so on Vancouver Island, I, I was like, oh, that was good. You know, that class I did was good. I'll find another yoga class. And I just stumbled into another yoga studio, same sort of principles. So I was like, this will be good. I'm going to keep running um, and I need to stretch. But I stopped running because the class was was so good. And particularly when I went to that class, there was something about like moving to a new place, the community that came with it. And I think maybe just where I was at, the teacher, the embodiment, I suddenly felt like, wow, this is this is kind of home. And I think I emotionally was having a really tough time with the move to a new place. So I was feeling disconnected from family and friends and definitely was experiencing um yeah, distress, like emotional distress. And that was on the back. Mm-hmm. That was that was shit that was am I allowed to swear? Stuff mm-hmm. that was no, no, yeah. That was no, stuff. Go ahead. No. <laughs> I was just fidgeting in my chair. Can, can you on? <laughs> that was stuff. I get fidgeting during the podcast is all. Yeah. All right, go on. <laughs> go um, things that were coming up from from earlier, you know, like I didn't I didn't move to this city with like a clean um mental health bill. So I think then I was like, wow, like I am gonna practice this, like I feel good and that feels nice. Like that feels, that feels different. Um, so I got, I got deep into it and that was more where my interest in philosophy and yoga started to pair a little bit because it was like the Eastern philosophies that I was learning about academically. were talking about doing things like living your philosophy living your truths. And then here How did they, can I stop you right there? Cause mm. I want to, I don't want you to go to, you're so, it's so interesting, oh, well, I but gotta I want to, I want to ask yeah. you specific <laughs> questions to hit everything. So first, what kind of yoga were you practicing? Was it vinyasa? Was it Bikram? Was it like calming yoga, gentle yoga? Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. So the first one was probably a slower 
like half the yoga. So the the philosophy tutor was okay. trained in Ashtanga, which is really for listeners who who don't know yoga. It's a really strong yeah. dynamic style of yoga that's based on a series of postures. He'd modified uh-huh. it a lot and made it a lot slower and gentler. And then the second okay. style of yoga was a hot yoga. So it was done in a heated room. I love hot yoga. It's great. I, do you like that? Well, I do, but it's interesting because it's not where I'm at now. So I'm like my my practice has changed as perhaps I emotionally have changed and my emotional needs and lifestyle needs and things have changed. So I found yin probably was the next practice I found that I was pairing with the more dynamic styles. Yin for listeners who don't know is a really like slow practice. You're sort of seated on the ground. You're not doing a lot of strong stuff, oh, but that sounds perfect you're doing for me. long holds. It's amazing. I, it's really meditative. Yeah, I don't, I don't care for vinyasa yoga. It's so funny too, because I, like you, are, I'm a runner. Um, I've danced my whole life. I like, I'm one that I feel like I'm not getting a real workout unless I'm like doing some significant cardio and toning a little bit, but the vinyasa, for some reason, I I get like nauseous from all the up and down and movements on flowing around. (laughs) I just don't like it at all. I do, but the, but the Bikram is slow and it's hot. And I feel like, I feel like I've really, you know, you're using your muscles and things like that, but okay. So I'll try the one you're saying. Okay. Can I grab that just for a second though, for like listeners who maybe are like, okay, well, we're talking about yoga. What the heck is this? If they haven't, if they haven't tried it, which I know, you know, it's maybe, um, yeah, Yeah, less than than might have um, in the past. I think it is important that we're kind of identifying that there are these different types of yogas and that different types of yogas make us feel different things or contribute to us feeling different things. Because listeners, if you after this podcast, for whatever reason, are thinking I'm going to go try a yoga class and you hate your first yoga class, that's totally fine. You can go try a different yoga class, a different teacher, a different style, and find the place where you find the benefit because it's ultimately not about what we've found beneficial. It's about what every individual finds beneficial and yeah. cultivating a spot where you know you can kind of find your home and your healing and essentially move into this moving mindfulness practice to notice what's coming up for you so that you're more self-aware and then you take that out into your dating relationships, into your life, and and bring that with you, you know, like this is a relationship with yourself and it doesn't have to be the same relationship that necessarily we have with ourselves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's good advice. Okay. So the one you, you like the most for you is called yin. Is that what you said? Uh, yeah, that's definitely one of them. And you know, like I said, it changes right now. I would say I like yin because I'm pregnant. I don't, I don't well, want to move. Yeah, probably a little <laughs> um, easier. But you know, like, And you can it, stay on the floor. Totally, yeah. But, but you, do you still feel like you're getting um a a body workout in addition to like a mental like release in a sense. It's different from that type of yoga. It's different. So that type of yoga um, is more about like stretching, um, stretching certain tissues in your body. So we have, you know, the dynamic styles that are more about muscular strength versus stretching okay. our connective tissues, which is something we're not necessarily doing in the dynamic style. So they're different purposes. Um, and I don't think you would necessarily want to be just doing one if that was the only thing in life that you were doing I think you kind of want to be doing a balance like the yin and the yang right like we want yeah balances in yeah. our lives in all domains yeah that makes sense okay so um going back to the mindfulness so we hear so much about mindfulness mindfulness is super on trend right now especially with people combat you know feeling isolated and dealing with high anxiety because of covid and all of the above um and I for one have started meditating um 
pretty regularly. I am. It's kind of funny because I'm like the last person that my friends think would ever be into meditating because I, I'm the type of person that I would go rarely when I do have time, but when I would get a massage and literally sit there and plot out like work stuff, the whole entire massage, I would, <laughs> or I would start thinking about my to-do list at home or I just can't, my mind can't, it's very hard for my mind to get quiet. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with the type of profession I'm in, but even that, even said, you know, having said that, um, I really felt a lot of angst, I guess, starting maybe over the summer, last summer, you know, just with everything going on in with work and the kids and like, whatever, you know, I was moving and my place in New York, there was just a lot of things happening at the same time. So I was recommended to me by a client to try this app, and it kind of guides you and it works for me. So I really enjoy it. And I found that it takes a lot to get me angry. And now I'm very, I like the feeling of Zen and I like being calm and I like not freaking out and yelling and stuff like that at my children. And it's funny, as I said to the kids one night, they were really bad. I'm like, I don't want to get angry. I want to be calm. And my daughter was like, you're in the wrong family then. <laughs> oh, like, that's no, great. You're going to be in my family. We're all going to be calm and happy. I just want to be happy. Like there's no reason to get mad, you know? So anyway, not to make a joke about it, because I think it's important. Um, what is your definition of mindfulness and how do you think it plays out? Because obviously this is a relationship show when you're in a good mind mindset and you are centered and you are being mindful, quote unquote, how does that play out in the rest of your life? Like with other relationships and dealing with boyfriends or just dating or the lack of dating or whatever your issues may be, you know, personally. Yeah. So, um, so there's a few questions there. So we'll start with mindfulness. So I think you're right. This is like a hugely topical area and we hear about like mindful eating, mindful coloring, like everything is mindful marketing. And, and I've heard the term Mick mindfulness, like it's almost been taken and just like ran away with like McDonald's and, and I, God, it's just so crazy how that happens. Yeah. Like such trending things just go. Yeah. All right. But go on. It totally Thank became you. in vogue. So, yeah. um, so mindfulness for me is this really deliberate way of paying attention non-judgmentally. And I like to add into that. So this is really based on John Kabat-Zinn's dead um, definition. He was one of the first people to bring mindfulness to the West in a secular manner so that it's not tied to um, religious, spiritual orientations. It's mm -hmm. something that we can, mm -hmm. anyone, all of us can grab and use, whatever our worldview. So this mm -hmm. non-judgmental, particular way of paying attention very deliberately with a compassionate stance. So it's noticing what's coming up for us, noticing our thoughts, noticing our feelings, noticing our bodily sensations, noticing what is going on for us in this moment, because so often, and this is, this is all of our experiences, like mm -hmm. listeners, you are not alone in this, our mind runs away with things or fixates on things. And those aren't necessarily helpful things. They're not necessarily the things that are going to be most effective for us in the moment, but it's this way of us trying to grab control of a moment. And we need to like train our mind to actually be here now to be in the present moment. And when we're actually in the present moment, often things aren't so bad or things are manageable. Like we can, mm -hmm. we can take action. We can make moves. We can be with what is if we're ruminating about the things that have happened 
happened in the past or worrying about the things that are happening in the future, those are two areas, neither of which we have control on in this moment, and we kind of lose our life. So in terms of a mindfulness practice, you know, for, for some people, it is like a seated meditation practice, a laying meditation practice. You can do it in bed, you know, but you can have an app guiding you. It can be something that you're doing deliberately. It can be a yoga practice. It can be rock climbing. It can be walking. Like it can be moving, but it's something that we're doing with a very specific intention of paying attention. And I think that this just to link it back, clearly I have like a love of yoga to link it back to yoga just because you maybe go to a yoga class and you see someone like maybe at the front of the class doing this wild posture um looking yeah which is never me but yeah and it doesn't listeners does not need to be you because it, it may not actually be the case that they're doing yoga i like to point out like yoga is done in this mindful manner with awareness if you are disconnecting from your body and disconnecting from what's coming up and like forcing something Thing or planning your dinner and really vaguing out. It's, it's actually kind of just gymnastics now. It's just body movements. It's being present in your body doing these movements or following your breath, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I have a question, but continue. Yeah, it's so, okay. So I, I want to hear it. I was going to say then, if we're, if we're thinking about how this then relates to how we're showing up in life, if I'm more mindful, if I'm more aware of what's going on for me, I might start to notice my emotions earlier because what can happen is suddenly we're really, really upset, distressed. Maybe we're really angry. Maybe we're really overwhelmed. And we didn't see that coming. Maybe that's because we were busy kind of like doing the, you know, catastrophizing analysis, whatever was going on in our heads or racing through our days. And then suddenly we're snapping at our kids or we're totally overwhelmed in a a relationship in a date that we might be going on because we've uh, presupposed what's going to happen, where this is going to go, everything that's tied to it. That if we are able to notice our mind is drifting off to these places or these emotions are arising in our body earlier then we can respond perhaps more effectively. We can intervene at an earlier stage. We could do a calming exercise. We could ground ourselves. We could check in. And then when we show up in relationship, we're able to show up more effectively for what's there in the moment rather than what our minds have perhaps created in that moment, if that makes sense. That's really good advice. So interesting listening to you say all of that. So I'm thinking of times when... Um, you know, my back, I don't know when, like a couple months ago, my daughter was making like beading, beading bracelets or like, you know, things like that. And I was sitting with her to to helping her do it. And I was like, or GIMP, do you know what GIMP is? Like they have that at camp. Usually it's, I don't know. Is it that plasticky sort of stuff? It's plastic. You make like little stitches. Yeah. So like, that's a better example. Cause I, remember doing that as a kid and going to overnight camp and making gimp bracelets and things like that. But so I still remember all the stitches. So she brought home this stuff and I was doing, I was like, I was so stressed about something, but I just sat and did it, you know, to occupy her, like sit with her and spend some time. And I was like, God, this is so relaxing because you have to pay attention to what you're doing and like pull the things a certain way to get the right stitch. And I don't know. I mean, it's time consuming, but it was like, you have to be so focused. I guess my mind 
was just focusing on that. So I was like, I, this is so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so relaxed now. I guess it's similar to, they have those coloring books for adults and they say that's also a stress reliever because you're focused on the coloring and like, it just gives you an activity to like kind of have your mind focus on one thing. So is it basically if you meditate with a, with an app like me or you take a walk and you're not thinking of things, you're just looking at the trees and taking in the sounds and taking in the smell or whatever it is, or you're making gimp bracelets with your kid, um, whatever, whatever it is, is that essentially a ways to train your brain so that you don't forward think or go backwards in mind in your in time and like get yourself in a frenzy so you can just focus on what's on your plate at that moment and and of time so that you have less of like I guess your your circuit is like a little less like frazzled and you won't snap out on people yeah for sure so I I guess there's a couple things there and when you say not thinking I just again want to just grab the language because because often we try not to think and that's really hard to not think because our minds they think that's what they do oh yeah so it's almost like noticing when your mind is going places and seeing if you can train your mind bring your mind back to whatever it is you're doing whether you're feeling feeling your feet on the earth, whether you are following along with the directions on your meditation app or at a meditation class or your breath, whatever it is that is like your point of focus where you've decided that you're going to focus because you're honestly going to like drift off a hundred times. And, and the moment of like awareness is when you notice you've drift off and then you go, okay, I'll come back. I'll come back and come back a hundred times. And that's building that mindfulness muscle, that awareness of where your mind actually is. And that's actually a moment where you go, oh, congratulations. Like I notice I've drifted off and maybe you notice a little bit earlier rather than like three hours into this like massive, you know, (laughs) daydream nightmare thing that's created in your head. So it's this practice of coming back, which trains your concentration, but there are also different styles of meditation. So if we're practicing a style of meditation that is really about paying attention or focusing, that's going to train our capacity for concentration. Of course, awareness and these other effects come with it, but that's really going to be like concentration. So useful when we're then trying to sit down and maintain focus in conversation to be with someone or at our computers and doing some work and things like this. There's also a style of meditation called loving kindness meditation, um, which I think is really useful in terms of relationship, because the idea of this particular meditation is about practicing holding loving space for ourselves and for others that we care about in our community. And ultimately, you know, at some point when we get, you know, and I'm saying in air quotes, more advanced, but more practiced in this, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. we might include people that we actually have stronger feelings of aversion to in this circle of of love Mm -hmm. that we hold. Mm -hmm. And the idea of that specific meditation is that it actually does train this, this loving space holding for other people. And that doesn't necessarily mean that these are people we are going to necessarily want to see in our lives in a daily basis when we're getting to that advanced stage and including, including the people where there's aversion. But I think it's Mm -hmm. really directive in terms of like, healing ourselves and being able to hold space and love for people, even when they're showing up flawed, like we also are. And for ourselves, when we're showing up a little bit flawed in terms of what's um, what's coming up for us. So there's different styles of meditation. And I think that's 
that's important because there's slightly different benefits, but also then listeners can have a bit of a play and see what's resonating with them at this moment in times in terms of cultivating a practice. That's really interesting. I started doing some meditations that are about gratitude and compassion, what basically yeah. what you're describing. And they say to kind of think of somebody and send them like loving, not like someone you're romantically connected to or anything like that, but just someone maybe in your life that either is in present in your life or they're formerly in your life or whatever it may be. And just send them like love and light and just send them like positive vibes that is supposed to be like you're sending it to them being unselfishly giving it to them it's it's really interesting but then I guess that it's a muscle that you're practicing right like your yeah. brain like you're tra- trying to train your brain not to dwell not to like worry too much and then also not to you know being mean <laughs> yeah and I think this is or like true. just be nice like yeah. a good person right yeah because when yeah. we're dating like all all sorts of insecurities come up often around ourselves right like the sense mm-hmm. of our our worth and how we're showing up like there's obviously you know our judgmental mind is going to jump in and make analysis about this person and do they feel how do they they feel for us and, and some of that might be um might be helpful based on kind of like histories, knowing what we want, knowing what we don't want. Some of it might be more unconscious. You know, we can have these, um, these connections to people where they actually maybe trigger things in ourselves that don't feel that good or, you know, aren't the most helpful behaviors for us. And if we have a mindfulness practice and awareness practice, we might start to notice some of this stuff coming up. So that can be useful in terms of, you know, feeling out a relationship, feeling if that is somewhere where we want to be investing energy, but also taking care of ourselves in that real process of vulnerability. And, and I guess not, not being perhaps so swayed to our self worth being tied to someone else's imagined perception of us, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. It does. It does. I have like enough confidence in yourself and love yourself enough. Um, you know, and accept your flaws and appreciate this, your strength and all that so that someone else's opinion isn't going to make or break you. Is that yeah. basically what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah, that makes exactly. sense. Or noticing when that stuff comes up and it does freaking hurt and you're like having a tough time. Oh, yeah. And being able you to know, then go, how do I like, you know, practice self-compassion for myself right now? Because we're all human and none of us get away from suffering. So I guess this is the other thing, like to have an expectation that any of these practices are going to take away the suffering of life is... Is, um, oh, is you're not yeah. going to be eternally happy. No, I mean that's no. just not being a human. A human. Everybody feels pain. Everybody feels anger. Everybody feels sadness. Yeah. You know, but it's not every day is going to be like a rainbow. But exactly, I think it just makes it less. Um, perhaps the fire a little bit less hot, so to speak. You know. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. The fire less hot and maybe feel connected in that. Like if, if in the moment where I'm suffering and I'm feeling insecure and overwhelmed and I go, Mindy feels this too, you know, everyone I know feels this, I'm not alone, then I'm less likely to go into that shame burrow where things are really icky and gross and hard. If I can kind of be with that, like, uncomfortable feeling like that feeling of suffering and know how human of me to feel this the way I respond can be in a really compassionate manner and the feeling might pass a little bit quicker than if I have to tunnel in and feel like I'm a really bad person for this experience or I'm doing something wrong that's that's really good advice and sadly we're almost out of time but I have a few more questions for you and then we're going to ask uh you know your contact info and how people can follow you and you want to hear about your podcast and all that good stuff so when you're counseling your your clients basically those of the clients that are single say 
would you say that you recommend, you know, those who are dealing with relationship issues, obviously not every single person is, but if they are say, would you recommend them doing like a yoga practice and just trying to like, what, what day-to-day tips would you offer to clients versus also our listeners out there who might want to incorporate some mindfulness practices into their day-to-day lives? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, again, it's an interesting time, isn't it? Because I think if you could get out to a yoga class, like that's a great way of number one, like getting an opportunity to be on your mat, to create a space where it's actually really all about you. So, you know, it's this time away where you're not you know, you'll think about the relationship, it will come up just like you'll think about dinner, but you'll come back to your breath. And this is the time for yourself. I recognize Mm -hmm. that we're in the midst of COVID. So that that may not be possible. It might be something that you do online. But if you kind of, you know, hopefully in the not too distant future are able to kind of get out, it also offers a place of community and connection and just another place to meet people who might be like minded, which, which can be a nice feeling as well for friendship as much as it may be for romantic interests. So I definitely suggest it to people who are interested in that area. If it's not something you're interested in, there's no need, you know, you could go rock climbing and that's a really, really mindful right. activity. It's an too. activity, exactly. Yeah, an activity you know, that you're you could, able to like exercise your brain. Totally. Yeah. So yeah. it's just about like cultivating that presence or an app. I really like, there's an app called the healthy minds program app and it's developed by Dr. Um, Richard Dawkins in, he's in the States. Um, and it's an evidence-based program and it has different areas to cultivate like skill in. So there is like you know, focus-based, um, concentration-based meditations. There are loving-kindness-based meditations. There's an area based on cultivating your sense of purpose because if we have a sense of purpose, if we know where we're going, you know, the the relationship dynamics and kind of how we show up in relationship is going to be affected as well. So I think that's a great app and they actually do like measures before and after so you can actually see your progress. So cool. it's free. Yeah. So listeners, go ahead, download that one um, or other ones. You know, there's heaps out there. I'm sure, Mindy, you'd have some recommendations too. Um, and I, I guess like in terms of then self-care through the dating process, you know, there's lots that comes up and can be triggered and yoga can be done in a trauma sensitive manner, depending on people's histories and backgrounds. Like we hold a lot in our bodies and stuff can come up. So I always remind um, people that I'm working with to go slow and to know that you can number one, like tell teachers, please don't give me hands-on corrections. Like I don't want to be touched. Um, that's yeah. totally fine. You can try different styles of yoga. You can titrate and, and by titrate, that's a fancy word. It just means like limit the amount of depth that you go into in postures or you can sit postures out if you need to just making sure it's a place where when other stuff is perhaps unfolding or coming up kind of given different dynamics that might be unfolding in your life that, that you're honoring. This is a place of healing. That's great. That's good advice. Thank you. All right. So tell everybody where we can find you and how we can listen to your pod and all that good stuff. Yeah. So um, I'm mainly on Instagram at Dr. Caitlin. And I'm also on Facebook by the same um, the same name, Dr. Caitlin or um, Dr. Caitlin Harkis. I guess you can search too. My podcast is Wisdom for Wellbeing Podcast. So the Facebook is at Wisdom for Wellbeing Pod, or you can head to drcaitlin.com. Um, and then my private practice is embodiedpsychology.com.au. However, that's only for Australian residents, so it depends where the listeners yeah, are I was based. Ask but, you. Yeah, we've got, we've got, like I say, we've got a lot of Aussies. Yeah, go to like, Dr. Like Caitlin. That's, that's general. Yeah. 
<laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, good luck with the baby. Thank you so much, Mindy. And thank you for having me on the podcast and um, oh, yeah, giving me this opportunity to share. Yeah, I might pick your brain one day when I finish my schooling. That would be interesting so to do a little exciting. collab with you one day. Yeah, no, I'd yeah. love to hear how it all goes. So definitely yeah. keep in touch. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Have a good Friday. Yeah. Happy Thursday. <laughs> I'll have a good Thursday over here. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Race for the Ring. If you liked today's episode, please write us a review. They can make or break a good podcast, just like a dull dude can be the kiss of death to a date. I'll catch you next week. And in the meantime, be sure to say hi and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. My handles and contacts are in the show notes. It's been my pleasure to have you along for today's dating debate. Bye-bye. Today's episode was brought to you by Furco's Fine Jewelry. The family-owned business is best known for their handcrafted statement pieces, engagement rings, and fashion finds. Visit them on Instagram at Furco's Fine Jewelry and make them your go-to when shopping for a special gift for a loved one, friend, or for yourself. Race for your ring and use special code MINDY15 at checkout for 15% off your first purchase. Happy shopping.